You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 247. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Last week, we talked about calling out to God in our distress. And I don't know about you, I know rescue is critical, but I want more. I am drawn to peace. And my listener, Jen, must be as well because she requested this song, Peace Be Still, by The Belonging Company, featuring Lauren Daigle. Now, peace is important to God, too. In fact, it's one of his names. And I can't wait to jump into scripture with you. But first, let's listen. One of my favorite verses in the Bible about peace comes from Isaiah chapter 26. And so I pulled that one out and I read through the entire chapter over and over before I sat down to interact with it in new ways. In fact, let me take a minute to share with you the Bible interaction tool exercises I used this week. Now, I call these exercises bites, and I hope you'll try some for yourself. If you want a great resource, head over to michellekneesat.com and submit your email address, and I will send you a free one-page PDF of my top five bites to get you started. But this week, I used some of my go-to bites, and then I pulled out a few I haven't used in a while. And I already, and I added another one, by the way, so I already mentioned that um, I read and listened to Isaiah chapter 26 several times. So I used the bite of repetition and the bite of listening to an audio version. Now I use the YouVersion app, the Bible app on my phone, and several of the Bible translations are available in audio versions. Then I pulled out a bite I introduced a while back that I called One Word. I introduced it in episode 241, and I'm going to go ahead and take a little bit of a different take on it this week. I'm going to introduce another new bite, as I mentioned, that I'm going to call annotate. And when my girls hear this, they are definitely going to roll their eyes because they have to annotate the classic literature that they read in school. But it's super beneficial. And when I paired it with the bite of one word, I found it a great systematic way to work through this chapter. And it had great results for me. So I hope it has the same for you. Now, the next bite is to refer to an introduction to get your bearings in a larger book that you are studying a smaller section of, okay? So for some reason, I am especially intimidated by the book of Isaiah, so this bite helps me a lot. I love the online introductions that I can find at blueletterbible.org, and I'm going to link the one I used or that I read, excuse me, I'll link to it in the show notes so that you don't have to scramble right now to write this down. Just listen at your leisure and then visit michellekneesat.com forward slash 247 to find the show notes for this episode. It's where I will give you a recap, the highlights, and any links uh, to outside resources that I use this week. 
So with those bites under our belt, let's dive into scripture. Now, again, the reason I picked Isaiah 26 is because of verse three. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Now I'm going to come back to that verse in the conclusion of the podcast, but this is a good point to make. For those of you wanting to be equipped to read God's word, don't overthink it. All right, you see a verse on social media, hear it in a Sunday morning service, or read it at the top of a devotional page. Use it as a jumping off point to study it in context of the entire chapter or section of scripture. It's that simple. Then here's a very important point. Let the scripture speak for itself. For example, perhaps this verse inspires me to think about peace, but the chapter as a whole may not be about that at all. But my goal is to let God speak to me through his word. And that doesn't mean that I can't go back and later ponder peace in light of the context of the whole, but it's giving me a jumping off point. So after reviewing the introduction of Isaiah, I discovered that this book is divided into parts and this chapter falls into the area um, where Isaiah's um, um, prophecy is about the Assyrians attacking Israel. The second half is about the Babylonians, which he actually never really lived through, but it's uh, it's a prophecy. So God gave him words to that. But after listening to and reading it several times this week, I went online and I copied and pasted the entire chapter into a word processing document. I set that chapter to double space and it, it was already kind of adjusted to being on the left-hand side of my page, like a psalm. I didn't have to make any other adjustments. Sometimes when I print out scripture and it fills the whole page, I'll adjust the right margin and make the right margin larger, larger so that it kind of all my text fits into a column on the left-hand side just to give me enough room to write. If you're having a hard time picturing this, I'm going to scan in and provide my notes as a handout of sorts. You can request that download at michellenizat.com forward slash 247 download. And if you're already a subscriber to my website, there will be a link to this download in your Monday morning email recap. So then I went through the entire uh, chapter one more time and I circled one word per verse. So I've, I've printed it out. It's on a column on the left. Um, it's double space. I've got room to make annotations on the right. And then verse by verse, I went back through it and circled one word per verse. Now, I didn't overthink it. I just circled the one word that jumped out at me. When we went through this exercise on episode 241, I showed you how you can come up with a different word every time you read the verse. So there really is no right or wrong way to do this. So once I went through the entire chapter once, circled one word in each verse, then I went back up to verse one and worked my way down through the chapter and annotated. Now, sometimes I would explain why I circled the word. Sometimes I defined words. Sometimes I wrote thoughts in light of the verses around it or in light of the whole or connected it to something I studied recently or heard recently or or had questions about. Now, when you do this for yourself, it will be for yourself. No one's going to grade this. It's going to train you, however, to make observations. And by writing it down, perhaps those observations will stick as well. So first of all, we see in verse one that this is a song, but that's not the word I circled. So it says, in that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sits up salvation as walls and bulwarks. Now, I circled the word as, and maybe it's just because my youngest is taking grammar, but salvation as something is using a part of speech called simile. And basically what it's saying is just as walls and bulwarks provide protection and support, salvation provides protection and support. 
You could just think on that for days, but of course we don't have days, so let's keep going to verse 2. Open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. Now I circled keeps. This implies an ongoing commitment, and it's important for us to keep our faith. And then verse three, uh, I'm going to come back to in the conclusion of the podcast, but it does lead to a conclusion in verse four. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Now, I circled the word trust. It's on us to trust. He's trustworthy and there is no end to him. And while we live in a time that there's so many things that are temporary, he is not. Verse five, for he has humbled the inhabitants of the height, the lofty city. He lays it low, lays it low to the ground, casts it to the dust. Now I circled the word dust because dust is where we began. It's like he's bringing the city, the people who thought such, such high things of themselves back to a form that he could use. Now verse six, the foot tramples it, the feet of the poor, the steps of the needy. So even, even though it's God that lays us low, we can still feel trampled. Trampled is, is a pretty powerful word there. And in the text, there is an end quote. So it tells me that this is the end of the song, which you could send, should or could consider as you study. I just kept going with my one word process, but you can notice things like that as you read through scripture. Now, verse seven, the path of the righteous of love is level. You make level the way of the righteous. The level is mentioned here twice. So I followed the lead of Isaiah and I considered this an important word. So I circled it. And I tell you what, a level path is peaceful to me. And that brings to mind that something, everything goes as planned or there's no unreasonable twists and turns, no stumbling blocks. There's a clear way to my destination. Verse eight, in the path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. Now, I circled desire. What truly is the desire of my soul? Is it really his name and remembrance? (laughs) Yes, Lord, may it be so. But if I'm honest with myself, sometimes it's my name and remembrance that fights for the desire of my soul. May that not be so. Um, Verse 9a, my soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. And I love that word yearn. There feels a sort of desperation and a deep longing, and it goes way beyond the surface. The result of this deep yearning is earnestly seeking. So when I circled that word yearn, I can't do that without linking it to the next thing of earnestly seeking. And am I willing to do the work to earnestly seek him? Now, let me encourage you. If you don't have this sense of yearning for the Lord, you can ask for it. This is a prayer he will answer. And then verse 9b, when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. I think when I was taking this bite of circling one word, I thought this was a different verse. So I went ahead and circled learn, but there's no rules, right? I mean, so I circled two words in one verse. It's okay. But then it did lead me to ask the question, how do we learn righteousness? You know, this verse says it's through God's judgments. So if there's any silver lining to God's judgment in our lives, it's that we can learn righteousness. Let's move on to verse 10. If favor is shown to the wicked, he does not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness, he deals corruptly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. Now, this entire first phrase is very interesting to me. If favor is shown to the wicked, he does not learn righteousness. And of course, we see in the word of God that God shows favor to the just and the unjust. But that is not what leads to their learning 
of righteousness. So when I circle the word favor, we also see in this verse that they don't even see, they're not even aware of God's favor or majesty. They don't acknowledge it at all. And this is profound because part of effectively following Christ and Father God and the Holy Spirit is to be able to identify where he's working and the wicked don't even see it. They're blind, which leads me to circling the word see in verse 11. Oh Lord, your hand is lifted up, but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be ashamed. Let the fire for your adversaries consume them. So not only do the wicked not see the majesty of the Lord, but they don't even see his judgment coming down on them. If they could see, it would lead to repentance. So my prayer is, Lord, help us See, And in verse 12, we see a second reference to peace, to shalom, a word that means peace in English, but implies wholeness and completeness in the original Hebrew, like an everything is right with the world kind of wholeness. And it says in verse 12, O Lord, you will ordain peace for us, for you have indeed done for us all our works. Now, I circled the word for here. It jumped out at me because Our works seem like they're ours, don't they? But in verse 3, which we'll get to in a minute, implies that we have a role um, in the the peace here is ordained. So our complete and wholeness does not come from us at all. Even our works are done for us. Any accomplishment we may want to claim really comes from him. Now, verse 13, O Lord, our God, other lords besides you have ruled over us, but your name alone we bring to remembrance. Now, I circled the word remembrance, and I see this over and over in Scripture. It is really important that we remember all that God has done for us. Forgetting has really disastrous results. And even Jesus calls us to continue the Lord's Supper in remembrance of him. There are so many places in scripture that calls us to remember him. And this is another one. Verse 14, they are dead. They will not live. They are shades. They will not arise. To that end, you have visited them with destruction and wiped out all remembrance of them. Now here I circle the word dead. Who who are the ones that are dead? The other lords mentioned in the previous verse, these are our idols. This is what we set our hearts upon in worship other than God. And we know that they're dead. (laughs) We've talked about that before. All right, verse 15. But you have increased the nation, O Lord, you have increased the nation. You are glorified. You have enlarged all the borders of the land. You see, that's the thing. Idols, the things that we value most and allow to rule us are really dead, as I mentioned. And, you know, we believe that they're fulfilling But God's the one who brings increase and enlarges the borders in our lives. So I circled the word enlarged here. Back in Isaiah 9, there's a prophecy of the coming Messiah. And in verse 7, he is described like this. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Ah, peace and an ever enlarging kingdom. All kind of back here, um, like referenced there, but seen here in, in this chapter as well. All right, verse 16. Oh Lord, in distress they sought you. They poured out a whispered prayer when your discipline was upon them. Now this verse reminds me of what we studied in Jonah last week. And so I circled the word discipline. You see, Jonah's distress was caused 
by his own disobedience. It was actually God's discipline to call him back to the standard after his disobedience that placed him in this place of distress. And so I went ahead and circled discipline there. And in verse 17, it goes on like a pregnant woman who writhes and cries out in her pangs when she is near to giving birth. So were we because of you, O Lord. So I circled writhes. You see, sometimes discipline is painful. It's like super painful. And writhing is a strong word here, but I, I had to think, you know, birth leads to new life, right? Well, let's read in verse 18. It says, we were pregnant, we writhed, but we have given birth to wind. We've accomplished no deliverance in the earth and the inhabitants of the world have not fallen. All right, shucks. (laughs) So all this pain gave birth to wind, to nothingness, not deliverance. It was empty. So I actually circled the word accomplished here because I really, really, really tend to value my accomplishments. And yet earlier, I see all of those accomplishments belong to God anyway. And the biggest accomplishment, deliverance, can't be done by us anyway. All right, verse 19. Your dead shall live, their bodies shall rise. You who dwelt in the dust, awake and sing for joy, for your dew is a dew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead. And I circled light because it reminds me of Jesus. Because Jesus is referred to as light, and all of us ground to dust are promised new life in him. Verse 20. Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until the fury has passed by. And I circled the word hide. Because those of us who belong to the Lord are offered a refuge, a place to hide. And finally, verse 21. For behold, the Lord is coming out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. And the earth will disclose the blood shed on it and will no more cover its slain. And I circled the word punish. Because the Lord disciplines his own, but he punishes the children of iniquity and those wicked that cannot see. So, wow, we did it. We did it. We made it through the entire chapter. And I know I went kind of fast because I, I knew I was going to go a little bit longer today if I didn't. There are a lot of gems in there. So, But before we end, I want to head back to verse 3, which is our inspiration verse. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And I circled that word stayed, and I've been pondering this all week. What is stayed? So I'm going to go ahead and tuck in the bite of completing a word study. Now, when you look up a verse, like in BibleHub.com is my favorite resource to do this, and I select interlinear, then you click on the word that you're interested in. In this case, I clicked on the, the number above the word for stayed, and it will bring you to a summary page. And the word for stayed is somak, and it means to lean or lay or rest or support. It's a verb. And so to stay your mind, you lean or lay or rest or support your mind on God. Well, why do you do this? Why do you lean into him? Because you trust him. But the real question here is how? How do you stay your mind? And we had a similar question this week. I had a simulcast I attended, and it was a small group, and the question came out. It wasn't specifically this word stayed, but it was just kind of like, how do you do this? How do you stay your mind on on the Lord? And it was crickets, crickets in the room. Nobody had an answer. And I'm not sure if we don't know how to stay our minds or if we're so worried we're going to give the wrong answer that we stay silent. But I can tell you how to do it. I stay my mind by staying in God's word. It's simple, but not easy. And I know what it is to look at my Bible and wonder where to start or wonder if it's making any difference or make excuses or miss it all together as I scroll through social media or as I fill my calendar and eke out my time with the Lord. 
And that's why I've given you the bites that I do because I need them so desperately myself. And I figure if I need them, then maybe I'm not the only one. Trust him, my friend. Stay your mind. Lean in and welcome the perfect peace, the wholeness he offers, even in the midst of distress and chaos. So what's next? Well, read Isaiah 26 for yourself. Consult an overview introduction of the entire book so that you can place that chapter 26 in context of the whole. Print out a double-spaced copy and then circle one word in each verse and then annotate. Write out your thoughts and observations in the margin. Interact with God's word this week in new ways. And then when you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram at michellekneezat or Facebook. Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, theoverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast. But more importantly, pointing them to God's word through music. Now, when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at theoverflow.com. Now, I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Penny from the UK, Sally from Delaware, Debbie from Florida, Linda from Manitoba, Canada, and Jacri from the Philippines. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my benefit will benefit from that one-page resource of my top five bites that I mentioned earlier. It's a great place to start. Subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You also get an email recap of the week's episode and instant access to any of the resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Well, this not only encourages me, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. And of course, you can listen to the podcast through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. We're also on Joy 103.1 every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Thank You, Lord by Dennis Jernigan to jump into scripture. It's an oldie, but I think appropriate as we head into Thanksgiving week. And then after Thanksgiving, I'll be getting into the spirit of the season by using Christmas music to lead us to scripture. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 247. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you, click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.